right, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Don the Infinite Wealth Strategist. I'm really excited today because I got Dan Williams on the podcast, and I know you're going to love because I what what he can brings to the table because uh, you know we've been we've been uh, chatting a little bit and uh, it's good stuff. So uh, Dan, welcome. Thank you so much. So you know, listen, tell tell us about uh, yourself. I love to hear people's origin stories. Uh, to me, I think it's the most fascinating thing. That's the kind of reason why I do this. I love to hear about people that how they got started and you know what challenges they had. And start off with that when you got started until you broke through. Sure. Now, uh, got started with specifically with in business world or yeah. You know. Just in general, just how you got started and how, how it morphed into business. I mean, you know, for me, I got started going to Russia and then I go out, you know, so it just depends whatever you, uh, whatever you want to talk about. I saw that. It looks like you went to Russia at a good time to get Russia, your Russia trip in before the world went crazy. Um, yes. So good on you, man. Those, yes. <laughs> those buildings on your, um, on your Facebook looked incredible. That looked like a really neat trip. Well, you know, I trips. I mean, I've been going there since 1989. So uh, I'll get there again. This is this is going to end at some point. I mean, whatever. Let's talk about you. So uh, talk about, <laughs> about what sure. you're doing. Okay. So I, I mean, I guess we'll we'll say that it would be relevant to say um, I've kind of gone full into leaned all the way into everything that I've done pretty much my whole life. So back from we'll we'll start maybe like in high school where I was a wrestler. I, I yep. was very very into it. Um, I still go back to reunions with my uh, with a lot of the guys, and it's definitely been a minute since we've been out of high school. But they call me Rudy. Like I was never really the champion, but right. I tried really harder than anybody else. I would go to school before everybody every morning and run. Like I was super into it. Um, that kind of followed through to everything else that I did, I, I um, which unfortunately included drinking very heavily in my 20s. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that kind of led to why well, I was a touring musician and I partied really hard. I partied like I was a really big time musician, even though I was on a you know small time Southwestern United States tour. Right. Um, but I leaned very hard into that and did that to my <laughs> to the best of my ability, which kind of led to some troubles, which I, I, I worked through. Um, and I, I got myself out of that pickle when I was in my late twenties. And so by the time I got in my thirties, I was waiting tables and I knew that I didn't want to be a restaurant manager. Cause it just mm -hmm. seemed like such a glorified babysitter job. Right. Um, and I started an auto detailing business. Oh, I very quickly learned that I didn't have to bring people iced tea and be their slave. And um, I could make a lot more money in just a few hours time than I could working all day waiting tables. Right. Um, and then I just became obsessed with that and um, learned as much as I could. Uh, gosh, when I started, this was back in 2004 when I started that business. Mm -hmm. And it was before social media. It mm -hmm. was uh, like one of the hardest things I had to do to make this happen was I had to get a cell phone and I could not wrap my brain around dedicating myself to a two-year contract with a cell phone because I thought, oh, if this business doesn't work, I'm going to be stuck with these payments. Right. And, you know, funny now, you, if you're without your phone for 10 seconds, you have a minor panic attack. <laughs> Um, but I, so I built that business up and I, you know, really got very, very into it and, um, grew it for 12 and a half years wow. during that time. I, um, 
the best piece of advice that was given to me in my detailing career was from a guy named Joe Fernandez from uh, uh, Superior Shine Detailing in Covina, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me, find a company that you like the people and the products and the culture and become the best with that. And I had done that with another company in this space called um, Optimum or OptiCoat. Um, so I became a distributor for them. I became a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, the CEO of that company asked me to sell my business and come on full time, um, which I did. And I worked my way up to vice president of business development, uh, built a dealership program, um, a fully compliant dealership F&I program with our products um, and just learned a ton, a ton, a ton. Do you mind if I interrupt real quick? I'm just curious because no, my, I love that. My my uh, besides real estate investing, the other gig I have is uh, you know teach people how they can uh, legally reduce their taxes to almost any nothing. And I know that a big bugaboo for a lot of people, especially business owners, when they sell, is capital gains. Did you get hit hard on capital gains when you sold it, or how did you how did you sell that detailing business? Uh, you know, no, I, I really kind of get, it was a mobile detailing business with a very established route and a, and a van with equipment in it. Uh And, uh, a fella named Dustin Wharton actually, uh, was moving out here and he was working for an, um, an optimum installer of chemicals, Mm -hmm. which I was involved with at that time. And, um, he wanted to come and work for me, but I was right in this scene where I needed to get rid of the business. Yeah. So I, I I gave him a very, very good deal, but oh, he wow. has taken it and run. He's now my um, Western regional manager for oh, Owner's okay. Pride. Um, he has had exponential growth. Like he's put some fire under that. I, I was doing, you know, keeping it very small to myself, maybe a one helper person. And I was, you know, right. bringing home about a hundred thousand a year. He did 355 gross last year wow. with the same business and expanding it. So wow, he's done very, very well. That's great. Uh, did you think to to get any any uh, paper with it? Like, uh, you get a, get a chunk of it, when, or you just sold it to him? That was it. Oh, I just sold it to him, and wow. I I could not be happier. I couldn't imagine any person taking that business and running with it and um, being better. And like I say, he's my uh, Western Regional Manager now for our company, and um, right. just just a great guy and really happy that um, I was able to be a good influence to his family and he could take it and run with it like he did. It sounds like your detailing business was a great starter business, uh, like a starter home for people, you know? Absolutely. Um, Here's the thing with detailing business. It's very easy of an entry point, Mm -hmm. but it's such with the implementation of ceramic coatings and paint protection films, it is such a viable, real thriving business now um for example in 2008 when we had the financial downturn and you do right. housing so you, you know that oh yeah um, i made lots of money I, in that. <laughs> I bought my house in san diego that year when everybody else was getting foreclosed on uh-huh. and um did very well in the pandemic we just had this global pandemic the detailers that we work with mm-hmm. they made more money over the pandemic than they've made their entire career a what lot of them were true? also the well, people were sitting at home mm-hmm. and you know they really probably could have gone out and washed their own car, but instead right. they they were getting some stimulus money, they were sitting at home, they couldn't oh. go spend it, they were spending right. it on their car, they wanted to get the inside cleaned in case there was you know germs right. on the inside. Um, right. 
it, it's just the detailing industry is incredibly resilient. I see mm -hmm. other, you know, I have friends who are in like tech industry and it's uh -huh. very cyclical and they get hammered every few years. Every time everybody else is getting hammered, these detail shops are just killing it. Hmm. Do you find that the majority of them are like you were kind of like one man shows or do you find that uh, a lot of them do like the guy you sold it to and uh, expanded it and scaled it more? So at Owner's Pride, um, our detailed network of authorized installers, uh -huh. um, the, we we work with both. Yeah. So that's the cool thing with this kind of a small business. There's mm -hmm. no real, it's whatever the owner of the business wants it to be. If you want to keep it small and do the work yourself and be, you know, not graduate to that management and, and tech from technician to become an entrepreneur, uh -huh. a full entrepreneur, you right. can do that. And it's absolutely as fine as if you scale your business and have 15 employees. Um, so really it's up to each individual what we do at owner's pride is we really hold people's hands and and if they want to scale their business we offer complimentary business coaching to everybody in our network and we really try to help them grow it's kind of one of our value propositions to work with us okay so um so i'm assuming that now owner's pride that's what you transitioned to after you sold your uh your detailing business right yeah, the um, owner's pride when I was at my last company, they were my customers and they had a shop in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um, and when they decided they wanted to make their own chemical line and they had some really great connections to ECP out of Chicago to be an admin and sell a compliant warranty program, which is fairly unheard of in the detail aftermarket. Mm. Um, they tapped me to come and be a part of this company and it came with, you know, a really nice uh, equity offer. And I, I kind of had a roadmap to take them where they needed to go. Um, okay. And and it has been phenomenal and fantastic. And I, I've been loving it the last, we're getting ready to come up on our three-year anniversary. We'll be on February 15th. Wow. So what's it like being with a, a big company as opposed to uh, being on your own? Uh, you, if, you, if you want to make any decisions, there's a lot more uh, <laughs> people to get it to go through right. than... That cart's a little pain in the butt, but being on a team where everybody is kind of in their own lane and it's kind of like pistons in an engine, you know, we've got um, one of the partners is like very analytic driven. I've got, you know, a guy who's very cool headed and he keeps, he's the founder of the company and, you know, he's always the calm, rational voice of reason and a couple other partners, but everybody has their own lane and um, it works really well. Great. So no regrets about giving up your autonomy and your independence. Sometimes I do think back to the simpler days of just yeah. rolling around town with my dog, taking care of some jobs and getting paid. But right. um, but no, I, I could I could not be happier with where my career path has led me. It's great. No, I was thinking about that today. Uh, I do like a mini blog on my Facebook and LinkedIn page. And I was thinking about the fact that back in the day, I was a horrible employee because uh, I hated <laughs> I hated working for people. I just did. And, you know, I've been I, I think that I say that when I was 25 was when I really started my adult life, uh, you know, um, but I was an employee three times, I believe, since and I'm, I'm, I'm almost 59. So all those years, you know, maybe three years max, I was an employee. And it, I hated every minute of it. 
I really did. Well, I'll tell you in those employee years, <laughs> this is, this is a little crazy, but I, I would, how many times in your life were you fired? I, I would quit before they fired me. <laughs> In my 20s, from the time I was 21, when I got fired from my very first job working at Red Lobster, where I worked since high school. Right. Until I was 29 when I when I had quit drinking. Right. 22 times I've been fired. Wow. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, I always had the impression that the, 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 the uh, management were just a bunch of idiots, you know, for the most part. And I never... I, you know, and I felt like they never rewarded or incentivized their employees enough. And that was always a big thing for me. Now, look, I, full disclosure, you know, when I graduated high school, I turned down, I mean, you were a wrestler, I was a baseball player and I turned down a full ride scholarship because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I started, I started doing my, my own cleaning business at the time until I realized I hate cleaning and want to do it. But, um, I just, for some of you, I knew, and my mom, bless her heart, rest her soul, uh, she kept telling me, she says, Don, you will never be happy unless you're on, you have your own business. And boy, I tell you, mother knows her son because she, I have never been happier than when I do my own business. Although it certainly, I would say that, you know, the challenges that you have, I mean, it's all on your shoulders. If you're the owner, you got you to gotta solve problems. And, you know, stuff comes up, you just can't pass the buck to somebody. And what that's the the stressful part of it. I mean, it's not all it's not all uh, fun and games, but I don't know. I tell you what, the businesses I'm in, they're like my babies and I don't I can't imagine not having them. So that's why I'm always fascinated by people um, that you seem to be able to you know, transition to either one was you were fine on that. For me, that was I, I, I don't know if I would ever do it again. Try to work for somebody. Well, this this did come with an equity position and some. Pretty, yeah, that's true. Pretty tasty benefits, you know. And yeah. Give me a Mercedes, and you know. How much? Uh, how much vacation? <laughs> how much vacation time do you get? Uh, I I would imagine a couple of weeks at least, but it's kind of like if you need a vacation. I'm being a part of the um of the ownership team yeah. as a minority owner um right. you just kind of if you need time off you can have time off it's really we don't even keep it that structured funny thing is i love what i do so much i um uh, i have a lot of trouble turning off ever huh. ever yeah which is another thing that's interesting about this industry of, of the detail world mm -hmm. no other no other thing that i see and i've got you know 5000 or so connections on um, on like facebook I'm right people from all over different industries you don't see people you don't see joe down at the plant posting pictures of what he did at his work that day that's but true. these detailers are literally obsessed with social media and putting pictures and videos out um it, it's a really interesting phenomenon in in this industry for sure okay uh going back to your uh i apologize i'm going back to the, the detailer part of it because that's my entrepreneurial brain i'm always curious about that i mean what did you have health insurance? Did you did you uh, back when you were doing that, or do I never had it when I was you know when I was doing it before, especially when I was starting out. 
You know, originally for years, I did not. Um, one of the things I do with coaching people now is just um, saying all of these things that they um, that they need with insurance is medical insurance, some kind of a disability or at least a short term disability. Because a lot of these guys, I fell off a ladder once when I was detailing a car. I did not get injured, but I sure thought, man, if I break my leg or something, like my business is shut down when you're, you know, really right. small solo entrepreneur like that. Right. Um, and I, I never had that piece of the puzzle. I, I obviously I have all that now, but right. so, so important. Um, but I was paying out of pocket for my insurance back yeah. then seven. Well, if you make a little bit of money at first, I used the covered California, the Obamacare thing. Right. Uh, and then I started making too much money to really receive any benefits. And my insurance was $718 a month out of my pocket. With yeah. the sixty five hundred dollar deductible, brutal. Yeah. Do you find that? Do you think that most of them uh, do what you did, not what I did? Just roll the dice. Hopefully, nothing happens. You know, you do a lot of guys do when they're younger. As you start getting older, you realize that. Yeah. You know. You know. You get to our age, stuff might start breaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, you know, I fell off and I, I can't tell you how many times I've fallen off a ladder. One time I was working inside a vacant house foreclosure here in Florida and I was on tile and, you know, just the, the, the legs slipped a little bit and I went, you know, tile off the back of my head. And that's when I thought to myself, I wonder if anyone would find, how long would it take for him to find my body if I was, you know, so it was one of those things. Yeah. Those, the, the, those are part of the, uh, uh, process you go through when you're you, you have a come to jesus moment when it comes to yeah i need to take care of my health because what happens if i go right i had a, I had a wife two kids at the time you know they were still uh minors and so yeah i mean i realized you know what that's an investment to make it's so hard for entrepreneurs a lot of times to to think of themselves and invest in themselves because the focus is so much on the business they, they, they in, invariably I'm not going to make generalizations. I just focus on, on what I do, but I would always sacrifice me for the sake of the business. And until you burn out, I guess, or you get sick, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, so, it, it, you know, I, one of the big things that I always like to um, ask about, like is the COVID experience, but obviously you already talked about that. So for you, you know, it's, it's, it's just fascinating how certain industries thrived. In COVID, other ones tanked, right? So the restaurants, right? I mean, they had to barely get scraped by. Some, a lot of them closed, you know. Yeah. And uh, I would never have thought that detailers would thrive, car detailers would thrive in COVID. But you know, you just told me that. I still, my head's still trying to wrap around that about people, you know, stimulus checks going towards uh, detailing their cars. You know, we we have people leaving college degree jobs to come and run detail shops now. Like I I cannot stress to you enough how viable this business is. And it's all comes to the old school detailing. It wasn't like that. They were just waxing cars, but these ceramic coatings and paint protection film, it's completely changed the industry. They're high ticket items. They really do make a difference in your car's appearance over the long haul though. Right. I can see that. And I, I remember how everybody was so paranoid about germs. I mean, people were, if you, if you put on the internet, some kind of thing about filtration system or whatever, boom, you were, you know, you were making tons of money because people didn't know. Right. Um, that was, uh, that was interesting. So how's it been? Uh, so have you, has your business, uh, has it been affected at all by the higher interest rates and the inflation? 
this year? Not yet. We're still chugging right along, um, still growing. And we have very aggressive growth targets for next year for our year number three. We're kind of shifting gears. Um, this year, we we put a lot into new website and relabeling all of our products, which they look really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that year number three, we're going to put the pedal to the metal in marketing for, um, you know, name brand recognition and, right. um, and, and grow. And we would like to see, a, you know, 40% year over year growth for year number three, which is pretty aggressive. But um, everything aside... these people are still taking care of their cars cars cost more money now so whether you're taking care of your car at home we got you covered for that or if you have a professional detailer um come and and take care of your car we we got that angle covered too have you noticed uh any shift towards uh used cars more uh lately are they still people buying new i we see a lot of brand new cars coming in um, I, I have heard that the used car, that craze that was going through is kind of starting to settle back down now and, and the inventories are increasing again. Um, but gosh, we that's predominantly where like our ceramic coatings and, and paint right. protection films are going is onto new cars. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, they seem to have thrived the entire time. It may be what they tell you on the news isn't necessarily 100% accurate. Right. <laughs> because... Yeah, well. I just haven't seen a slowdown really. Okay. Um, get, going back to your your days as a detailer and your your own business. All right. So we talked about health health uh, insurance and so forth. What was it like on the taxes side? Were you guys getting hit with a lot of taxes? Um, I, I'm just because you're you're. Uh, well, did you run out of an LLC or did you have an S corp or, or or just a sole proprietor? How did you how did you how, how do most uh, detailers run your business and from that point that runs the gamut some people are an llc i ran as a, a sole proprietor uh-huh. for years until until i had employees towards like the the last quarter of my business so maybe the last four or five years um that i would had on a regular payroll through paychecks and i had to get my ein number right. um and that kind of changed it a little bit of uh, my structure, but these guys, they run the gamut. Some of the guys have, you know, their sole proprietor, a lot of the smaller ones, as they start to get bigger, a lot of them go to an LLC. Okay. Do you, I mean, coming from a real estate background, I mean, an investing background, we write off everything, you know, as much as we can. And, you know, We've been very, a lot of people have been very fortunate because you know, the IRS hasn't been auditing many people. I guess we got 80,000 more uh, agents coming in next year. Uh, and that's, that's, I know that that's, we're talking a lot about that in our, in our uh, investing circles where people worry about getting audited because people are being very, very aggressive on their, on their write-offs. Is a, is a, a detailing business, is that full of write-offs as well? Or I mean, absolutely. Anytime you're going to, you know, itemize and and right. you're running a business, you got a, a lot of things that you can take. I do kind of, I do kind of miss those days. <laughs> Actually, it all comes right out of my paycheck now. You're W-2 now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, in, a, in a good year, in a good year, what were you, um, I mean, just give me a ballpark. I mean, what was a good year for you as far as uh, your gross revenue for your business? That you were doing I would always hover around the hundred hundred and twenty thousand uh went okay. for my detailing business you know but that gross right how much were you able to to um expense that down to where you had would be taxable uh, oh my goodness we can get that probably down to like six sixty or seventy yeah okay yeah 
a lot. So you wouldn't, so for, so what, 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 I I have other investments and stuff too, the, you know, properties. And so there's, there, there's ways more than just the detailing business, I guess you could say. Okay. Is that, you think that's, that that was your personally, do you think that was more uh, industry wide? I'm just curious. I I always, I would say industry wide. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Okay. All right. So, um, so what would you say for a detailer? What's their biggest, what are their, what's their biggest profit leak in their bucket? What's their biggest leak you think? Well, honestly, I am going to say that it is, it comes down to a sales process and following up um, with leads. Uh, It's a very easy industry to get into because I mean, you really, you get a bucket and some, some soap and some towels and you essentially have yourself a detailing business. Um, So a lot of times the sales acumen if that's the right word, is not sharp enough. Um, and But that's where a company like us, we do a lot of business coaching and, and holding their hands, as I mentioned earlier, to try to teach them that side of use, utilizing a CRM, a sales funnel, and having a sales process and, and properly following up. Um, I honestly, about 90% of the guys that I talk to, I say, hey, if you don't close a sale, you get a lead that comes in, and you don't close that sale today, what exactly do you do? And they're like, well, they sounded really interested. Maybe I'll call them back in a couple of days. So we, we try to tighten that piece up and that one little piece makes such a big difference. So it's not so much a, a leak in the profit bucket. It's just not filling the, the bucket up, right? Because they're leaving business on the table. Yeah. And then if you're paying social media ad, you know, to run ads, you're spending money there. You're, right. you're spinning your wheels. You probably... If you're not following up properly or even tarnishing your own business and name by, you know, by blowing people off. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're consulting with, with these detailers. It's this, it's also fascinating to me. So basically um, what approximately how many of them do you, I mean, do you serve them? Per, I mean, you're in management, of course, in an situation, do you, you're consulting a lot of people, a lot of them, right? It's part yep. of your doing. I mean, one on one. I, I do a lot of the uh, the sales side of it, following up on our leads to bring in new installers. Um, I, so I do a lot of that. So when I'm teaching them sales, I'm practicing exactly what I preach. Like I literally say, hey, remember when I brought you on board? I called you, I followed up, I sent you emails, I sent you texts. Ooh, that's what we're going to do to your customers too. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find, do you find a, a lot of resistance? from them to, to learn that part of it. Cause a lot of times marketing is hard for people. They're not used to it. They're more blue collar. So what we, where it comes, the hardest part for the guys is um, getting them to start to utilize the CRM because there is a bit of a learning curve of learning how all those things flow. You know, at our company, we use HubSpot, which is a pretty big, you know, like Salesforce, big behemoth one. Um, There are ones that are specifically for the detailing industry, getting them to sit down, get their information in there, set up their sales funnels and get some of the stuff automated. The guys that can follow through and don't become frustrated and give up on that part, they have trouble getting past that. The guys who do that part and keep moving forward, the, the world is their oyster. It just kind of starts to unfold for them. Right. So owner's pride you said they've been around how long they've been around um february 15th will be our three-year anniversary wow but everybody on our team has years of experience of growing and building businesses 
So um, I'm assuming is, 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 is the CEO, is he the one that came up with it or uh, what was uh, it? Damon Gray, he's the founder of the company and he also owns the mothership uh, detail shop in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. But th this was his, uh, his brainchild and he pulled the team together. Huh? Um, a pretty diverse team and pretty, pretty that, that crazy that's the beauty of capitalism you know it never would have occurred to me there's a there's a, a a niche there that you could you know create a, and run a very powerful business with detailers i mean it's it's amazing isn't it i just that's why this is such a fascinating uh and that's why that's what drives me with this podcast is because i i love to hear these stories and and see how people are making money and how they're dealing with uh you know getting you know how they came together how how they grew and, and what their challenges are now i think this is awesome i think most people probably look at it and they're like well they're car washers and yeah. they and probably think it of a very lowly blue collar thing but i'm telling you these people are making a killing wow. they're just they're doing great, great business. Um, you know, I mean, it's legitimized too, where we have a compliant warranty program that follows all the rules of the Magnuson Moss Act of 1975 and the Federal Trade Commission, um, you know, with a proper insurance company backing it, Westco Insurance and a, a third-party admin company. Um, it, it, if you do your business right, and you're covered, the customers are covered, their customers are covered. Beautiful. So, uh, what are your growth proje projections for next year? I mean, what what kind of what are you expecting? I think we're trying to shoot for a forty percent year over year for th year number three. And um, again, we know that um, we spend a lot of time and effort on updating our website. You know, the second year in and relabeling to really give a super slick professional look. Um, so name brand recognition and and expanding into year number three is uh, is the name of the game. Right, you we just uh, we just went live on eBay as another sales channel. Probably be going back onto Amazon because you just have to. Um, and and then it's just a whole mess of marketing to get the name out there. What's been the most effective marketing for you guys? I mean, it really it's social media is kind of where it comes, whether, you know, whether we're talking about marketing to our network of installers and bringing those guys in, which is kind of the bread and butter. The core of our business is the professional business to business. Um, so moving from that in year number three and getting that DIY crowd is kind of the goal. If you think of our authorized installer professional detailer network, you have a pond. If you look at everybody in their driveway you have an ocean full of people and um kind of we say we have professional products without the professional problems so whether you're a professional detailer utilizing our pro products that are only available to them with the warranties or you're taking care of your car we we have you covered okay well i tell you what um i admire your passion and and uh, you seem like you're having a lot of fun at this that's great um, so lucky so lucky do you wash your own car what do you how do you clean your car <laughs> car wash You're, are you car wash tunnel car wash just right. you know, run it through the tunnel you know so i mean i i don't I, I don't let's put it this way my wife right now is over in russia um so you know i have her car here which i get it washed and taken care of every now and then but the pressure is not on me as much when she's not here because she was the car she's the car person 
I mean, uh, you know, that, that she has a, she, she has a 2004 Honda Odyssey. And I tell you, if you looked at car, you'd think it was off right off the showroom. I mean, she's one of those people, you know, and it's she, so much so I'm not allowed to drive it because I'm not, I, I don't take care of the cars like to her standards. So, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but she's no, the neat Nick. She is a neat Nick. Yes. Yes. I mean, we're talking, you know, museum level, you know, quality when it comes to the apartment and, and, uh, and, and, and her vehicles. But, uh, you know, me, I'm schlepping around, you know, I don't do it anymore, but, you know, 20 years of real estate investing, foreclosures, you know, I, I'm schlepping around ladders and, and, and lock boxes and, and locks, lock, uh, uh, lock sets and different things. You know, I mean, it's hard to keep your car looking all that great when it's a work car, you know, for the most part. So, you know, she would just look at it and go, I don't understand you. Like, well, <laughs> there's plenty of things I don't understand about you, like your love of stalling. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about stalling. She's not a little <laughs> <a> murder <laughs> or, or <a> tyrant. <laughs> she just becomes it one. <laughs> it was funny. There you go. Okay, that's the, the most important thing. Is it's funny. Okay, just gonna make sure she doesn't watch the podcast. But uh, <laughs> so. What would you like to share with uh, my audience about what you're doing and what what message would you like to leave? Well, gosh, I guess if if you're looking to get your car taken care of, whether you want to do it yourself or you want one of our professional detailers, if you go to ownerspride.com, if you would mm -hmm. like to find a professional detailer to polish your car and put a warranted ceramic coating on it, that'll be listed mm -hmm. on Carfax and is fully compliant. Just click on the find an installer button and um, there's a map that'll pop up. You can put in your address or your zip code and it'll show the nearest people to you. Um, if any of our products, you can find us on eBay or on ownerspride.com. We are running some really cool, giving people some car care products is like giving them the gift of a new car with just a little tiny little baby payment. So, you know, if you got that car lover in your, in your world, um, a, a maintenance kit from owner's pride with some eco wash, which is of course the drought friendly way to wash your car. Yes. Just so good. I tell people, my name is Dan E. Williams. The E stands for eco wash. There you go. All right. Well, you know, you've got, you know, this is going to be dropping here uh, probably into the week, first part of next week. So there's lots of time for people to put this on their Christmas list, especially boy, if you get a car person in your, in your life, you know, you should definitely uh, go to ownerspride.com. That sounds like a great yeah. deal. You know what? I will make this offer. If anybody does buy any of the products from us, um, my email address is D-A-N-N -N at ownerspride.com. And my direct phone number to my cell phone literally is 619-952-4814. You can give me a call. I'll walk you through how to use any of the products. Wow. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, see, if this thing goes out to 40,000 people, my phone <laughs> might be blowing up. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I've I had a great time. This is awesome. This is why I love to do this. So, uh, what? Who knew? Car detailers. That's that's great. So now it's on my radar. So <laughs> uh, again, thanks thanks again for coming on. And uh, guys, uh, go definitely look at his uh, go to his website. Blow his phone up. Uh, let's let's reward him for uh, coming on. Yes. I have one more thing. So if you are at all into interested about auto detailing, I don't know why I forgot this. I'm the host of the Owner's Pride podcast, and we talk about all things for small business as well as caring for your car. 
So um, lots of lots of great information on there. And the, the information we pull in, not just from the detail industry. So it's not just going to be detailers talking about detailing car, right. but we also bring in people from outside of the industry. So if you're a small business of any kind, there's something good in there for you. Awesome. I appreciate it. Look, guys, go make sure you subscribe to his podcast and to listen to it. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you.